Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. Hello and welcome to the Echo Dispatch podcast. I'm Jason Lewis, Chief Reporter at the Bournemouth Daily Echo. There aren't many people who stay in the same place of work for more than 20 years these days, let alone spending the overwhelming majority of that time in a leadership role. Alistair Bryan, however, has come to the end of a 24-year association with Bournemouth School for Girls this summer. He initially joined the school in 1998 as deputy head teacher, before taking the role of head teacher for the past 18 years. While he is a member of the magic circle away from his life in education, it is fair to say he has cast a huge spell on the development of thousands of young people in his time at BSG. I sat down in the head teacher's office in the final week of the summer term to discuss this all with him just days before he bid farewell to staff and pupils. I started by asking Alistair how he was feeling as he came to his final few days at the school. Well, it's a mix of emotions. Clearly I'm sad and no doubt there might be even the odd tear when it comes to final assembly. It's been very much a way of life and I will be sad to leave. But uh, also a sense of satisfaction with, a, I think, a job well done and we're coming to an end of a chapter if you like in the the life of the school so it's right to move on and I'm also excited about the future as well yeah I'm sure we're touching a few of those subjects as we go through the interview for starters when you when you first came to BSG back in way back when 1998 I don't know if I was only just turning three at the time what would you have said if someone was to put to you go and spend 20 plus years at the school and enjoy those as head teacher no well, when I came, I came as deputy head teacher and I was deputy for five years and uh, it was always my aspiration to be a head teacher one day. It was written on the back of an envelope that that's what I wanted to do and, uh, and I was really delighted that I had the opportunity to take up that challenge here at this school. Yeah, but it, it certainly it does become a way of life and uh, headship and uh, I'm really proud of what we've been able to achieve here in, in, in those 24 years. Um, uh, certainly it becomes a, a very long-term commitment and I think it's important as a head teacher that you provide that long-term stability. I haven't halfway reached any of the records of some of the former head teachers who were here as long as 29 years, but uh, I think I've done my bit. Yeah. And were those achievements such? Is there anything really that you can pick out that stands out in that period at all? There's the obvious things that you can see in terms of the the, the physical state of the school. Loads of new buildings we've been able to put up, which have reflected my commitment, for example, to the arts, the Performing Arts Centre, the new art facility, the PE facility, the design technology. Those all very much are practical showings of our commitment to, to those elements of school life. So those are the obvious things that you can see. I hope though also that BSG is a, a kinder place and that the young people coming through our school are ready for the next steps. So I always always said that I want them when they leave us to be well-rounded individuals ready to make a difference in the world and you can have all the greatest a-level results in the world but if you're not a nice person to know and you haven't got those social skills then i think you're the poorer for it and i guess this the phase of a child and young person's life that you're involved in is a it's a long time but yeah. the, the change 
is well, incredible from when they walk to the door in year seven to yeah. leaving yeah. after yeah. A-levels. And it's so lovely to see the year sevens when they arrive so bushy and bright. And uh, and as I always say to the parents, I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that they'll turn into a teenager and the good news is that they'll come out of it the other side. And they do. And we might have your ups and downs in the in the middle of the years, but they come out shining, I think, in the end. In your role as a teacher, what's really been the changes that you've experienced in that role over the time that you've been in it? As we've moved all through the different phases of types of school that we've been in, and now we're an academy, you have to be ever more an expert in all sorts of roles, whether it be legal, human resources, finance, buildings. That's in addition to the day job of being a teacher. And I think as a head teacher, you've got to have credibility in the classroom as well to be a, a great teacher as well. And uh, uh, those are the sorts of things. The role has become ever more encompassing, but still at the heart of it is concern for the young people in your care, that you want the best for them and you want them to come out with the best that they can be. And I guess there's been there's changes in Europe. Also, the children have come through and have had different experiences, depending what education yeah. system was in front of them at the time yeah, they've been in. Absolutely. And I think it's fair to say that with COVID, a lot more are coming back more anxious, worried about things, and uh, we've had to cope with that and put in extra support for them. And that that has been a difficulty. In the past, I've perhaps when I first came here, they were naughtier, and now I would say they were needier in many ways. Some of the pupils, mm-hmm. and uh, but I always want for them is to find something that they can shine in. Because if you have an interest, a passion, whatever, it means that you're busy, and you can show yourself and others the best that you can possibly be and take things to a, a whole new level that you can never have imagined. And you touched on, the, I think it's very good about you're proud of the investment and seeing the facilities around the arts and creative yeah. sides of things. That feels like something that's really probably changed in since I was a very small child. Yeah. I can see that there's a lot more opportunities and there's a lot more willingness in schools for people to express themselves yeah. in those forms. So, and that's just great that you've got that variety I think, I, I think it's so important. And there's been a sort of a national pressure with things like the English baccalaureate measure to concentrate on the, the maths, the English, the science. Those are important, of course they are. But it, it's possibly in some schools at the expense of that wider curriculum and that's something that I've always fought really hard for to protect those subjects because I realise and understand what a big role they have to play in in helping our young people to develop. It feels like we don't get through a podcast without mentioning COVID and you've done it before me which is nice um, in that sense um, but on COVID it's probably I'm guessing potentially the biggest challenge you face it in the world. So, who could have imagined that we would have to shut a school down, not once, but twice, and go to a whole new method of learning. Who could have, no one could ever have imagined that happening. Uh, it used to be my biggest nightmare, a snow day. We did decide whether to shut a school for one day or not, let alone several months. And uh, that has been a real challenge, because there was 
I have to say that the government guidance and support was not always forthcoming when you needed it. Often you'd get the latest news being broken, I don't know, in a, a leak to the Daily Tele- Sunday Telegraph on a Sunday, what were the ministers were deciding about schools, and then you might hear something a bit more, the Monday press release briefing, and then you wouldn't see what the actual guidance was from the DfE till the Wednesday. In the meantime, parents rightly are saying, what does this mean for us? What does this mean? And so often we were making the rules up for ourselves, trying to follow a clear steer that was based on common sense without causing undue panic, hysteria, whatever, that being in school whenever it was possible was the best place to be, but equally putting on a, a good service to them when they were when we were in lockdown and uh, that was of course it had its challenges and then when it came to vaccinations I've never had so many letters uh, from campaigns threatening to take me to court sue me send me to prison which wasn't very helpful yeah I don't even even thought of that side of it like you see that happens to the politicians but for you to have to experience that as head teachers um crazy really and I'm sure it's every decision you made was a, with the best interest of the children at heart Absolutely. and the, what you thought was the right decision at that point and with the information you, and, you had. And thinking, well, how's this going to go down with parents? How's this going to go down with pupils? How's it going to go down with staff? Uh, balancing all those concerns uh, and many of those concerns well justified, but trying to find a common sense way through the whole thing. And I'm sure we'll cut to this in your whole time, but in that particular period, I'm sure you're full of praise for the work the staff did. No, they, uh, they, they, were the brilliant. they were and brilliant. And... We had to come to terms very quickly with new ways of learning and who'd heard of Zoom before this. In terms of our staff capability using IT and Teams and so on, it's the biggest trajectory of learning for our staff we've ever seen. Uh, and away from COVID, what's sort of been the most testing or challenging experience? I mean, there's been all manner of things that's probably been... Yeah, and no one can ever imagine some of the things that come across your desk as head teacher. Even as a deputy, you had no idea some of the things that you'd have to deal with. I suppose the biggest challenge is always doing the right thing. And that might mean balancing the needs of an individual with the needs of the wider community. And things aren't black and white. And you might have some staff or parents saying, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Without having the full picture of a particular pupil's circumstances or whatever. And understanding that need for a certain flexibility. That's always been the biggest challenge, I think. Yeah. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. Bournemouth School for Girls boasts a long list of success and great achievements among its former pupils, including fellow Echo Dispatch interviewee Verity Crawley, who I spoke to on the previous episode of the podcast about all things 10-pin bowling. While he would be the first to say he played just a small part in the pupils' development, it must be a feeling of immense pride for Alistair to see what former students have gone on to achieve. No, it's brilliant. And and we have our annual Founders' Day, which is like our speech day, and I've always made a point of inviting back former students, generally in their late 20s, early 30s, who've started to make their mark in the world, whether it be as actors working for the BBC in politics in science and I think that and I'm just so pleased for them how well they've done and how they often say 
that the foundations that they got in at BSG serve them so well, and that they've gone on to be in the Olympics, all sorts. It's amazing. It's quite the uh, alumni for the sport. Yes, absolutely. Do you have any words just for the pupils who've probably made you want to pull your hair out some of them at times potentially, but hopefully overall left you a a good experience of your time? Absolutely. Uh, And uh, they all know my favourite sayings. Uh, The first is, do your best because your best is good enough. Always stop trying to compare yourself with others. What you do is what really matters. And if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything. If we could all be just that little bit kinder, what a better world it would be. Yeah, I think there's some messages that the adult world could potentially take both of those points quite fairly, especially in uh, the social media world. Yeah. Um, and uh, simply for the staff, you work, how great fuel for the... Are you, so I guess head teachers only as good as the staff. Oh, absolutely. Here. And they've been brilliant, uh, not just in the last couple of years. We're really fortunate at BSG to have such a long-serving staff who come here and often work here the rest of their lives till they retire. I think they recognise that it's a special place to be, but I also recognise that they're special people. And uh, I think the thing that I've always done with my staff is I've trusted them to get on with it. So uh, they're the experts in their subjects. They're all great teachers. I trust them to get on with it unless I know differently. And I think that's so important. How difficult is that at times? Is that a skill you've had to learn over time? Well, it's a recognition that much as I might be a bit of a control freak sometimes, you can't. You've got to let people get on with their jobs. And most days I'll walk around the school, pop into classrooms, and you can tell whether great learning's happening or if there's any issues or difficulties which you can then act on if you need to. And uh, this is my philosophical part of the podcast. If you were able to time travel and tell Alistair Bryan one pin piece of information before taking the job of head teacher, what would you say to him as a bit of advice? Just understand how much you as an individual can actually influence an in- institution. That's always been really quite humbling to me. People will hang on your words and what you might mean as a joke or as a flippant comment, they will take as gospel. And how you can actually not mould, but uh, the school becomes very much a reflection of what you want and your hopes and dreams. And I think that's, on the one hand, really powerful, and on the other, really quite scary to think that you can influence so many people's lives, both your staff working for you, but also the young people. Yeah. We obviously know who your successor is. It's the first new head teacher at BSG for... uh... A long, long time. What advice or words of wisdom do you have for him? Well, I've always, I've already written this down for David, who's my current deputy, and I know he's going to do a brilliant job. And it's when you come to decisions, gather all the evidence. Don't get bounced into decisions. And I think that's something I learned early on in my career. Don't get bounced into doing what you think others want you to do or whatever. And ultimately, do what you think is the right thing to do. And that what I th- is what I think leadership is about. It's about doing the right thing. Mm. And it's a learning process in any new Absolutely. job, any role for anyone. It's like it's a new school. Yeah. Like I say, no, you've got anything you have to learn on the job, I'm guessing. Absolutely. 
Any plan? Looking forward to your retirement. Any any plans that you're into? Yes, I am looking forward to my retirement. Well, it's not a retirement. I I'm looking for fresh challenges. Yeah. So uh, I'm a member of the Magic Circle, yes. and I've uh, been enjoying my magic as a hobby. And I've started doing magic for ex six formers at their weddings, entertaining them, which has been great fun. What could be cooler than having your old head come and entertain you at your wedding? Uh, but I'm also in September going to train as a celebrant. So that's someone who leads funerals, can help uh, celebrate weddings, naming ceremonies, all sorts of things. Because I think that that's something that, with my experience to date, I'd like to think that I might be able to do quite a good job of yeah. that. So that's what I'm excited about. Something that I can do for myself. I hope we'll see where that goes. And I'm glad you brought the Magic Circle because I didn't want to bring it out because I didn't know if that was it in a minute. And I know I can't speak about anything Magic Web, but just for the fact, how did, how did you, how long have you been involved and, and how, what made you want to do that? Because I'm not going to go into details because I know you can't ask a magician about his tricks, but. I just think it was about 10 or 12. I always enjoyed magic as, uh, you know, as a child and remember going to see Paul Daniels uh, in his London theatre show. And it was about 10 or 12 years ago, as a, a dad of three kids, you were always ferrying the kids back and forth to all their activities. And I said, I want to do something for myself. And and so I joined the Wessex Magical Association. And uh, I even spent the day with Paul Daniels in his house. He, he did a workshop and it was brilliant. And what I love about magic is, is that whole sense of awe and wonder. You can say, oh, I think I know how you did that, but just enjoy the the awe and wonder. Because actually magic, when you know how it's done, is really quite disappointing. <laughs> uh, and you say, oh, is that how it's done? So uh, that's what I think is so special about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we might see you, maybe we see you performing the Echo the Entertainment uh, columns with your uh, Who knows? magic is that far? Who knows? Uh, and um, last question, really, just in quite a broad one, but you spent, I can't even imagine how many hours over the years on these school grounds. What does and will BSG always mean to you? It will always be a very special place where learning is valued, not just academic learning, sort of the school subjects, but learning to be a better person. And if I've helped any generations of kids to be better people, then I'm happy. I think you've definitely done that. And I'll say on behalf of present, past Echo staff, it's a big thank you from us, Alistair, because you've always been very willing to speak to us on whether it's good, bad, or indifferent subjects. And we're very grateful. And it does feel, as you said, touched on the start and end of an era. Um, so congratulations on your long reign as head teacher and all the best for the future. Thank you very much. That concludes this episode of the Echo Dispatch. As I said to Alistair at the end there, everyone at the Bournemouth Daily Echo wishes him all the very best with his future endeavours. And who knows, he might pop up with a magic show at a friend or family member's event soon. A quick reminder that this podcast is available on a number of major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. Please let me know your thoughts on the series and anyone you'd like to be interviewed by emailing me on jason.lewis at bournemouthecho.co.uk. Thanks for listening and bye for now. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis.